Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 345 with Dr. Bob Nelson. Dr. Bob has figured out what's up with disengagement and the surprisingly simple way to address it. So you'll learn one, how critical recognition is. Two, key reasons managers don't give more of that recognition. And three, key ways to reward employees at low or no cost. So if you want to take a look at the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, it's over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F345. Now, here is Bob's story. Dr. Bob Nelson is a leading advocate for employee recognition and engagement worldwide and the only person who's done a PhD dissertation related to the topic. He's consulted for 80% of the Fortune 500 as well as presented on six continents. He's sold 5 million books, including 1,501 Ways to Reward Employees and 1,001 Ways to Engage Employees is his latest. Dr. Bob has been featured extensively in the national and international media, including the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, CBS, 60 Minutes, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, and NPR about how to best motivate today's employees. So thanks to Dr. Bob for spending some time with us, and thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Here is Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Pete, thanks for having me. Well, I'm so excited to dig into this chat in in many ways, maybe a thousand one ways or reasons <laughs> why I'm excited. Uh, but, so first, not to be too self-serving, but I, I'm so curious. So they have quite a sentence in your bio. 80% of the Fortune 500 has been one of your uh, consulting clients. Wow. What's the secret yeah. behind this? Have good services, uh, good outreach, and keep at it. <laughs> I've been been doing this uh, 25 years, and along the way, you, you, people see what you're up to, and they say, we need help with that. So, or, or we want your message to go to all our leaders, or some version of that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I really love it, be able to help someone uh, a company that's maybe can't see the forest for the trees and they're in the middle of it and they're being, uh, you know, hammered by different vendors and they're not sure and they lose their focus. And I, I can help them get their bearings and, and go through the sea of choices and end up with really what they're after. That's cool. That's cool. And not to turn this into a marketing podcast, but tell me about the consistent outreach part. Oh, well, I think any anyone knows that you, you know, you have you have to keep at it for regardless of how successful your business or or your uh, your book or or whatever you're doing when i'm constantly promoting 
you know, every time you speak, you're promoting. Every time you're consulting, you're you're promoting. And and if you lose sight of that, then you're going to hit a, a dry spot. <laughs> that you know, so you, you know, you hear about people that they got a big uh, consulting project for AT and T, you know, for three years, and then that runs out, and they've got no business. You know, <laughs> you got to be constantly putting out lines and. So I believe that. And the other thing, I believe that um, as a small business owner, I've got kind of a cottage industry and employee motivation and engagement that um, within that, there's there's different strategies that, that you, you have to, you can't just do one thing. You got to be doing different things. And and um, I'm not sure any given year, I'll do five or six uh, major strategies. I'm not sure which ones will hit better, uh, but uh, two or three of them will. And it will be, it'll keep me busy and um, provide adequate funding. So, uh, so I, I'm, I'm a believer in you. You got to be promoting. You got to be trying different things. You got to be innovating because the market changes, tools change, technology changes. Now we have a whole new generation coming up. So they may not know the the things that could help them that that uh, from people before them, from research that's come before them. So uh, there's a lot of it's it doesn't. Uh, Stay, stay static. And that makes it go a little bit exciting. And that is exciting. And, and what I appreciate about that, and, and thanks for thanks for going there, is, you know, for, for our listeners who are not small business owners or, or, or marketing professionals, I was kind of inspired by what you said there in terms of you try five or six things a year, two or three of them hit. In, in other words, the minority or, or, or less than 50% by, uh, by a slight margin. And, and that's just sort of encouraging in terms of uh, trying stuff, even super rock stars might uh, might miss more often than they hit. Yeah, well, you, you talk to anyone that's had success, and then there's a certain element of luck in there. But as Mark Twain said, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So I think that um, for for any artist, for a, a record producer, a song producer, a, a book producer, you. Uh, if you take your your best selling product, for, or for any company, if any any, uh, I was just talking with Gary Ridge, CEO of uh, WD40. Well, they've got they've got a fantastic product. It's a five hundred million dollar company. They're in three hundred countries, and uh, that's they, all of but, them, just about. <laughs> I think that is yeah. more than is represented oh, in yeah, the yeah, UN, okay. I believe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Impressive. You're, you're you're right on that. But there's a, there's a, so that that was a but they're they're all over the, the globe, and so they they uh, talking to them. It's, they they're not resting on their laurels. You know, they they constantly what are we what are we could do new this year? What are we could do? They're using their their tax refund to do more on social media. You know, it's just it's just you're, you're constantly refocusing constantly trying to maximize because uh, we all have limited time limited resources limited marketing budgets uh so what's the best the best position you got no matter what you're doing you got to be doing a little bit of experimenting all the time test test the waters for the next the next idea mm-hmm. oh cool well oh, thank you so well now i want to dig in a little bit uh, and so your company is nelson motivation and you, you got a book called a thousand one ways to engage employees that is a yes. lot of ways. So what's kind of the, the main idea behind the book? The main idea of 1,001 Ways to Engage Employees is the fact that we're in a time where we need people engaged more than ever before, yet it's at an all-time low since the, the field has come around in the last 20 years, essentially started by Gallup and their longitudinal research. Uh, they came up with what was called the Q12 
12, a dozen key variables that, that differentiate high-performing companies from their average um, competitors. And um, wow, great idea. Uh, they're, they're excellent at measuring engagement. And this is the state of the field now that, that uh, we have a good beat on that. We don't have enough of it. We need more of it. It's currently costing the, our country, our economy, uh, $420 billion a year. Wow, bring it on. And, and so uh, although they're good at measuring, they're not so good at, at impacting, at, at creating greater engagement. And so I, I kind of looked at that and said, well, I don't, you know, I don't know much, but I know if, if 20 years into it, we have the same number of engaged employees as 20 years ago, the same number of disengaged and actively disengaged employees, you know, give or take 1%, then whatever we're trying to do isn't doing it. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to, uh, to uh, bring a practical, hands-on approach saying, stop measuring and start doing it. Start focusing on the behaviors that get you the results. So this yeah. book is about... Okay, sorry, go ahead. This book is about doing that. I, I took the research-based top 10 variables, factors, if you will, that most impact employee engagement. And systematically with each one of them, I, I show the reader what it looks like through examples and, and practices currently being done by successful companies. It's just a, a book of uh, practical, positive wisdom that can help move the needle uh, for your, your organization, whether you manage one person, a, a group, or have responsibility for the whole organization, you can start heading in the right direction where you can get better and better to have a more highly engaged workforce. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'd love to, to dig into, you know, first the, the data piece for a moment. Now, I, we've talked about engagement a few times on the show and, and I've uh, received uh, more than 100 pitches from uh, PR folk pointing <laughs> to the crisis of, of, of low engagement and, and how so and so would be a great person to talk to. You, you made <laughs> it in though. <laughs> you, you passed the gauntlet. So, but what you point out, which is kind of interesting from a historical context perspective is, is you say, Hold up now. Gallup's been tracking this thing for 20 years, and it's been just about the same for all 20 years. So this is not a a new crisis that uh, we we are thinking about. It's just sort of like the state of work for two decades. Well, it's a little bit the emperor's not wearing clothes. You know, it's sort of like if if you want to... You want to measure it again this year and compare it to last year and and look at each other and say, well, it really hasn't changed that much and flip the page and look at the next variable, then do it for the next 10 years. But if you really want to change what's going on in your organization, where you you start to impact the behaviors of your leaders that impact how employees feel about working there, you'll start getting different, different results, a different buzz, a different excitement that will be contagious. Let's go down that path. Yeah, and then then and do that, do that for a year or two, and then measure. You you don't need to measure. You'll be able to feel the difference of what's happening. So, my my book is um, intent on on trying to make that connection. Less talk, less measurement, more. Here's what is working now for people trying to make it happen, and here's uh, the results they got. And you know, you could probably do this one too. Give it a try. Not every idea in the book is going to work for you, but. If that one doesn't flip the page, here's another one. (laughs) The book just came out, and I I just uh, saw someone yesterday, uh, head of uh, HR for a a large uh, high-tech Fortune 500 company, and and, uh, 
Uh, she just got the book. It was like five days ago, and I saw her copy, and it had dozens of <laughs> post-its and tabs and a paper clip and folded ears. I'm going, yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> she, she, she's in it. That's is. It's. Uh, I write books that are meant to be used, and uh, you you can. Uh, or I've managed to say, hey, I, I took your book. I passed it around to my work group. I have people initial ideas they like in the margin. Doesn't mean I have to do any of them. But if I want to do something, to thank them, to to engage them, to uh, tap into their ideas, and wow, here's here's uh, something they they check themselves. I can make the connection a little bit easier. Oh yeah, that that is handy. Kind of outsource a little bit of that uh, decision making, <laughs> get that flowing. Well, the best the best management is what you do with people, not what you do to them. So it's um, I'm trying to share share the the techniques that uh, you can be doing. Not uh, to force people, not to surprise or trick them to working harder, but but to say, hey, how how would it feel around here if we? Uh, who feels we need to have more recognition? <laughs> you know, if if everyone says, oh no, we're fine, then forget about it. But I haven't seen that happen yet. <laughs> Actually, if you're if you've got any credibility with them, someone's gonna you know raise their hand and say, well, boss, I, I've just had it up to here with you telling me how good I am. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> you find out about uh, you're quick to find mistakes. You're kind of, truth be known, a little bit of a micromanager. You actually, through your behaviors, you show that you don't trust us. <laughs> and that's why you get us very defensive, trying to minimize our commitment so we're not the person that you find fault with. You know, And we're, we're spending more time kind of KYA and protecting ourselves and, and um, emails to show that wasn't our decision, stuff like that. And instead of tapping into improving processes and serving the client and and uh, ideas for saving money and you know it's all around us which which way where do you want people focused well if you want to lead the charge you got to start getting in front of them and catching them doing things right they're in line with the the goals of of your group and the organization and that will naturally bring out more of that behavior whatever you you know the greatest management uh, principle in the world is you get what you re- reward, what you thank someone for, what you inspect, what you acknowledge, what you incentivize, which Measure. is the best way of telling them on the front end what you'll do for them on the back end if they get the results you wanted. Uh, you do any form of that, you can get more of the, that behavior. <laughs> and, and not just from that person, but from other people that saw you do it or heard about it. And, and as you systematically send the message, this is the type of thing that gets noticed around here. Yeah. This is the type of thing that we're talking about, the, the excitement about how Tony uh, achieved uh, uh, the goals uh, that we're after or, or the core value so important to our our uh, company's success. That's cool. That's a, a great uh, lay of the land there. And, and I, I'm curious, in your example there, you sort of uh, spoke from uh, the vantage point uh, of sort of an individual employee sort of sharing with with manager hey here's actually what's what's up and what's going awry uh, i'd love to get your take to to speak to to that person first if we're talking about an individual contributor or who's feeling disengaged at work right now what do you think that that one individual should do when they find themselves uh, surrounded by in a vibe that uh, is not so engaging yes well that's a great question and it's very on point because uh, the foreword for my book uh, was done by Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, who's the uh, considered the number one coach in the world. And what he wrote about was who owns engagement. And it was, it was fantastic because the way we have it, and again, going back to Gallup, if you ask people, are you getting enough recognition? Do you, are, are we giving you the skills you need? Do you have adequate authority? Are we doing the right things? It's very, very easy to say, 
Mm, yeah, not really. <laughs> Why don't you work on that? <laughs> and you do some things that you come back and, oh, it's a little better, but work on it more. I mean, I'd like more money too, you know, and, and they're off the hook. Engagement needs to be owned by, the, by every employee. And so if you're not getting the recognition you feel you deserve, bring that up to your boss. Have a discussion in your group. Bring an idea for how we can start sharing uh, praises to start our staff meeting. You know, I worked with ESPN, and they had a manager that said, whenever we start a, uh, a staff meeting, we always start the same way. We start with uh, listing as a group five things that are going well. And usually it's pretty easy, but sometimes it's not. We're kind of struggling on some stuff. We still don't skip that step until we name five things as a group because that's our touchstone. That's our homeroom that allows us to take on the next challenge. Or I worked last fall with uh, uh, NASA Johnson Space Systems in, in, uh, in Houston, and which is ranked the number one best place to work in federal government, by the way. Didn't surprise me in the least because I because you could feel it walking in the place. You could see what on the walls, how people talk to each other. You could just it's a you could feel the culture that's positive and people are engaged. And one of the things that they do that I love is that whenever they have a manager meeting, here's 20 managers, you know, and uh, they always save, as is their custom, 10 minutes at the end of the, the meeting to go around the room and ask everyone to share something they've done to recognize someone on their team since we last have been together. Wow, <laughs> 10 minutes. And they said you could just feel the energy and pride of, of the group rise. And they said they noticed something else, that, that their leaders will take notes on each other's idea. That's a great one, Tony. I'm going to try that. And so they're, they're constantly becoming uh, better and better. They're, becoming a, they're a self-learning organization on the concepts that, are, that made them great to begin with. I love it. I love it. There, there's so many organizations that are kind of stuck in the mud and, and you know, the, the problem is somewhere else's and, and not theirs and, and everyone's pointing fingers at each other. It's more of a blame game. And, you know, we got to get out of that. We got to get out of that hole and start uh, looking at the power of positive consequences and how to systematically bring them to bear in whatever you're trying to achieve. And I'm, I'm talking a lot about what actually turns out to be from, from the research the number one variable that most impact engaged employees, recognition. 56% of, of what uh, causes engagement comes from people feeling valued, praised, thanked from their manager, from those they work with, from upper management, uh, privately, publicly, in writing, in, in emails, whatever. It's, it's, it's a constant. It's a constant. It's not something once at the end of the year at the Christmas party. It's not, uh, you know, hey, I'll, I'll praise you when I start seeing something worthy of it. You know, oh. just assume that you're doing a good job unless you're otherwise, because I'm going to be all over you when you make a mistake. You know, that's that's the, the, the natural uh, tendency by, by management. In fact, um, I worked with Ken Blanchard, the one-minute manager for 10 years. Uh, he, he, he used to say the leading uh, style of management in America is, we called it leave alone zap, that we leave people, we don't give them great direction or tools or, but, uh, or support, but we let them have it when they make a mistake. We, we zap them and then we keep going back and we, we hardly ever use the tools that most drive, most pull the performance. And those are the positive consequences, which are all around us every day. And so I, I like in, in opening people's eyes to that. In my original 1,001 Ways book, 1,001 Ways to Reward Employees, 
I just I just had this epiphany that said this is the most proven principle of management. It's easy to do. The best forms of it have no cost. I actually did my doctoral dissertation on on the simple question: Why don't managers do this? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Did a three-year study to try to have this common, <laughs> common sense notion, but common sense isn't often common practice, Voltaire said in the 17th century. So, uh, so is the case today that the things that sound like common sense, you know, so I'll, a lot of times I'll talk to a group and I'll say, you know, the things I'm going to share with you, I know you could do. I'm not here to see, I, I, know, I already know that. That's a given. I'm here to say, will you do them? <laughs> How Will you hold yourself accountable as, as an individual, as a member of the team, as an organization to this standard? Now, I worked with a, a Disney organization for 15 years. To, uh, to work there, they had a standard for leadership. They didn't care how you, how you uh, were managed, where you came from, what you bring with you in your own suitcase. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's, that's nice. Here's how we manage here. <laughs> and if you want to be a manager, you got to do these things. And then they hire for it, they, they train for it, and then uh, they evaluate leaders for it. And if someone doesn't do it, they'll call them out and say, hey, you know, maybe you thought we were kidding about this. Or we're just going through the motions. But we're serious. You, you need to do these things. You need to be a visionary. You need to be a supporter. You need to be a cheerleader. You need to be a career developer. Your job as, as a leader is to help other people be successful. Peter Drucker, my, my professor, find the, the role of management is getting the work done through others, not doing being a super worker and doing it yourself, not running yourself ragged, not not chewing people out till they do it right, but but getting it work done through them, which means helping them, which means showing them, which means encouraging them, uh, counseling them, whatever it takes. And and if if we're really if we're really stuck and we're up against it, I'm gonna I'm gonna take off my jacket and roll up my sleeves and dig in with you. <laughs> we're in this together. You know, so it's it's uh wherever people are at, showing them showing them uh uh what it looks like to get in the game. Yeah that, that's that's awesome. And so well, there's so much I want to dig into there. I know you could ask me one question. I'll talk for an hour. So, all right, let's. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. I want to talk about so recognition is is the biggie, and yep. you spent three years studying why don't managers do it. So, I want to hit yep. that on from two angles. One, uh, in fact, why don't managers do it? And two, again, if you are that individual contributor and you're not getting it, how can you have that conversation? What, what's sort of like the the best practice or script or, or means of? of asking for it well, so you don't seem like, oh yes. my gosh, what a whiny, needy, <laughs> uh, whatever person. So yes, to, yes, to avoid yes. that well, kind of reaction. Okay, for, for the uh, the uh, 22nd survey on my on my three-year study is why managers don't do it. Number one, they, they weren't sure how to do it well. Number two, they really didn't believe it was that important, as the research indicates. Number three, they didn't feel they had time, and who has time to do things they don't believe are important to begin with, right? Yeah. They, they didn't feel anyone did it for them, so when they start getting it, they'll start getting it, giving it. They were afraid of leading people out. Uh, they didn't feel the organization supported it, and the list kind of goes on, a whole list of kind of really excuses why, you know, it's not my job, it's HR's job, or the CEO's job, or corporate's, it's not anybody but me. Now, that's, and there's a lot of people in that camp. Now, for those leaders that use recognition, there's just one thing going on, they, and that is to a person, the common denominator, they internalize the importance of doing recognition. They felt that as a leader as a, of, a, of a group, that they're in charge of the motivational environment for the, the people that work for them, not the CEO, not HR, not uh, corporate. 
but them. It's their baby. And so they believe that they have to impact that. And so their beliefs, they started, our behaviors follow our beliefs. So their beliefs are not, this is a waste of time. I got better things to do. They're going, this is the most important thing I need to do. If, to be a leader, you, you are a person that are inspiring others. Everything else is mechanical. Uh, you, anyone could do that. Not everyone could be a leader. So they, they, they believe that to the point where it impacted their behavior. They actively looked for opportunities to recognize people when they did a good job, not just be nice, but contingent when they did a good job, played the proper behavior, the core values, got the results, finished the project, whatever it is. They're constantly in their day scanning for that. When, when they're reading stuff, when they're, when they're talking to people, when they're in meetings, when they're in the hallway, and then when they, when they hear or see something about a good job that was done, they act on that thought. They don't make a mental note, oh, uh, Jerry did it again. He's one of my best people. They actually say something to Jerry or, or bring it up at the meeting or, or jot him a note or an email. or They, they do something to, to connect back with the person that did the performance. There you go. That's the long and short of it. They, they tried to do that every day, not every person every day, but every day someone. And um, that it becomes part of their, their behavior, their behavioral repertoire, I like to say, of, of what, uh, how they manage. They're, they're constantly on the lookout and acting to make, it, make the connection. Okay, cool. Well, so I, I like that notion that, hey, every day there's going to be some act of recognition. And so you, your, your other book, uh, 1501 Ways to Reward Employees, you, you've got many in mind. So could you share what have you found to be some of the most powerful and simple uh, means of doing that, such as maybe the, the biggest bang for your buck uh, recognition sure. practices? Yes. Well, let me tell you, and you're going to love this because the, the most powerful forms of recognition and engagement, for that matter, tend to be the things that have little or no cost. So when someone says, oh, we don't have the money to motivate people here, they're assuming we've got to pay them more. We've got to throw a big, a big party, you know, and, and la- last year it was a uh, buffet, so this year it's got to be sit down, you know, <laughs> and they're chasing this, this dream. And whatever they're doing, they're spending more and more money, you know, years of service awards. They start doing stuff on people's birthdays, and, and it's like, no, that's not where it's at at all. Where it's at is behavior, you got to show people that they're important to you through the, your actions and the things you say and do. So number one on the list is a simple thank you, a simple praise. And be, be a leader that is, is quick to catch someone doing something right and to call them out for it in, in a positive way, one-on-one, in front of others, even when they're not around, knowing that word will get back to them etc. Jot a a note, send an email, text them on their their cell phone, (laughs) do a company announcement, uh, call their mother and tell them what a great job their kid's doing. And thanks for bringing them up right. (laughs) I know managers have done that. Let me tell you, (laughs) there's a lot of stuff like that. Well, that sounds silly. It's not silly to the, the mother that got that call and the next conversation she had with her son or daughter it wasn't silly to him either, you know. So it was mm-hmm. like it, it made their it made their month, you know. It's like wow, what a cool thing to do. Now, uh, you know, so it's it's not hard to tap into it. So so that whole recognition is 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 a starting point. Now, now of course you can spend money. If you're doing something, you could do you could do something uh, more. You can a uh, uh, simple gift. I work with a company called Snappy Gifts that that has just wonderful, unique products all, you know, under 20 bucks. And, and they, they, you can't get one and not be delighted by it because it's just fun and it's a celebration. 
on up to you know point programs and gift cards and, and a, lot, a lot of companies do trips for top sales people that type of stuff so there's there's no lack of places where you can spend the money but again there isn't i haven't found a correlation between the amount of money that's spent and the amount of <laughs> of motivation and engagements going on my my advice is to start the foundation be the behaviors that are most critical and then you can layer in other stuff as someone really goes above and beyond so that's number one the other things uh, that are truly engaging again all no cost ask people for their their ideas and opinions and if they got a good one give them permission to pursue it it's called autonomy uh, give, uh, the resources to make it, see if you can help them do it, see if anyone else wants to help them do it. Having two-way communication is a big one. Talked about in in uh, the, the book extensively. If you're making a decision, involve the people that work for you in that decision, especially those that are going to be impacted by it. I mean, that, again, feels like common sense, uh, but a lot of managers, I'm the person in charge. I'm, I'm the decision maker here, you know, so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you even say that you got to make the final decision. That's your responsibility. But but you know it'll be a better decision if you get impact from your team, and that's why you wanted to ask. Well, in that simple action of doing it, you're showing trust and respect, and you're being open. Uh, wow, the, that's the type of person everyone wants to work for. Uh, that is is walking the talk of of treating them uh, as a partner uh, on the team, not not as a replaceable body. If someone makes a mistake. I already said the natural tendency is for people to jump all over them, embarrass them in front of their peers, prove that you're the smartest person in the room. Bravo, bravo. They're getting their resume ready because they can't take it anymore. <laughs> but uh, try this instead. And the next time someone makes a mistake, take a breath, take a step back and say, you know, I don't think I would have done the same thing, but uh, what'd you learn from that? That could be the best training we've had for you all year. I'm glad you made that mistake. Wow. What's that, 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 that manager through his actions is saying there's something more important going on than something that happened in the last 10 minutes or the last day. We have a long-term relationship. You're important to me. Uh, I'm important to you. And I hope that's going to be this true for years to come. I'm not going to dump all over you here <laughs> because you, you did something wrong. And I make mistakes too. Everyone does. In fact, if you're not making enough mistakes, you're not pushing the, the fold enough. You're not you know, it's a little bit too safe and you, you got to stretch. You got to try things new. You got to experiment. You got to do something you've never done before. And sometimes that idea can come from the newest person on the team. The, the person that isn't biased by all the policies we have and how we've been doing it for years. And why don't we, well, I just wonder, why don't we try this? Well, you know, you take that, that person, a new person, any person, and you say, well, Sally, let me tell you why we don't do that. We tried it two years ago. It didn't work. It won't work now. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sorry for, <laughs> for you know, it won't happen again. I, and that's don't it. you worry. I won't that's speak it. after yeah, sharing right. ideas. <laughs> We're done. You know, she, now she's going to check her brains at the door, you know. And so how about, how about saying, well, Sally, that's an interesting idea. Why don't you check into that and see what you come up with? <laughs> what did that cost you? <laughs> and now, because who's going to have more? energy for the idea than the person came up with it to begin with. Now, now Sally may come at it differently than the last person that tried it two years ago. She might do an internet search. She might check with, with a dozen friends at other companies. How do you guys handle this? She might, who knows what she's going to do, but she might come back and from her energy and her, and her, and her uh, research, do something that does work. I, I was working with uh, Johnsonville 
food, the maker of great brats up in Wisconsin. And their, their CEO, Ralph Dare, uh, told me that, that he had his, his admin once say, Mr. Stare, this is, this is back a few years ago. He said, we have such a great product. I'm, product so I'm, I've always wondered why we don't market those more online. And he said he, his inclination was to say, well, well, Betty, that's why, uh, you know, upper management's paid the big money. We make oh. this decision. But he didn't say that. He caught himself and said, so, Betty, check into that. See what you, you come up with. Well, fast forward 18 months later. Now, Betty, formerly an admin, is now running a new division on online sales, $1.5 million product line, and, and growing much larger since then because she had the wherewithal and, and the support to make it happen. Every company has a that possibility. Every employee, I'd go so far as to say, every employee's got a $50,000 idea and find a way to get it out. And it's, it's not by shutting them down. It's not by saying, well, that's not, you know, that's only a, that's only a $10 idea. That's the, we're looking for the $50,000 ideas. Well, well, to get to that one or the $5 million idea, you got to uh, develop a process. You got to, which means you got to look for any ideas and acknowledge people for submitting those, even if it's it's not one we're going to do or can do. But uh, I like I like the way you think. Well, I'm looking for more from you. Well, you know, game on, you know, because they're going to come up with them. Let's help them. Uh, let's help everyone on this. Uh, someone in accounting, they're going to do a bag lunch uh, next Tuesday. Uh, talk about cost benefit analysis. Whoever wants to learn more to on sizing up their ideas, come to the cafeteria. We're doing a bag better. A brown bag lunch, you know. So give them the, give them the support and tools along the way. I worked with a company in uh, Connecticut, uh, Boardroom Inc. They have five of the six largest newsletters in the country. They do these these uh, large books, hardcover books. Uh, they do a thing called iPower, where they ask every employee, every employee, to turn in two ideas every week. Well. I, I talked to Chris and said, could you do that with your employees, your your team, your company? Well, of course you can. How about next week? Can you do it again? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. How about the week after that? Well, how many ideas can someone have? This company's been doing this for 17 years. They ask every employee to turn in two new ideas every week about how we can be better, how we can improve process, how, how we can save money, how we can delight the customer, how we can get new business. It's all around us every day. You know, allow people to, to grab on and run with it. Uh, so that's just one example. Uh, they had, I was, I was there and they, so they, they got a, a recent idea they got from one guy, a shipping clerk, hourly paid employee on one of his two ideas, uh, you know, uh, one, one week was that he said, next time, you know, this book we got, this big book that we, we, we ship, next time we get it printed by the, the printer, if we could trim the, the page size, he calculated a sixteenth of an inch. It'll fall under the next uh, postal rate. I think we'll save some money in shipping. And the and the the CEO said, "Well, you know, they looked at it. Is he right? They cut up a book, and he's right. They made that one simple change in the first year alone. They saved a half million dollars in shipping costs because yeah. of that idea. The chairman, the thirteen ounce uh, threshold. I know it well. It makes a yeah. world of difference. <laughs> there you go. There you go." The CEO, Marty Edelson, he told me, he said, Bob, I've, I've worked in direct mail for 27 years. I didn't even know there was a fourth-class postal rate. But to the kid that's looking at the chart day in and day out, he knew it. If we could tap into what he sees and what, what ideas he has, that's, that's the power. Doing, doing that, that simple thing, these are simple concepts. 
but doing it well. They had a couple false starts and they kept at it. They were able to uh, increase their revenues fivefold in three years just by tapping into the power of ideas from their own employees. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well, tell me, Bob, anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things? Lay it on me. All right. How about a favorite quote? Favorite quote. One of my favorite, I got a lot of favorite quotes. One of them is from um, Bill Hewitt, co-founder of Hewitt Packard. He said, men and women want to do a, a good job, a creative job. And if they provide the, the right environment, they will do so. Mm-hmm. I love that quote because it just in one sentence, it says where we've come from, where we are, where we're headed today. That for the longest time, managing in our country was was basically telling people what to do. My way or the highway. I'm the person in charge. You take you take orders, I give them. You know? And uh, we don't need any creative thinking here. We don't need your best. That, that doesn't work today. Today, we need everyone in the game because things are changing. Environments are changing. Competition's changing. Your competitor now might be from Thailand or from, from a different state. You know, you, you got to be on the game, which means everyone on it. So that that's the keeper. I want to go back to the other question. I think you asked me twice here. I haven't answered. And that is, what can an individual employee do? If these things, if they're in a place where these things aren't happening, and my my advice on that is to bring it up to your your immediate manager and and to uh, make the case for it. So even if it's like recognition, that might sound like I want my own horn tooted, but say so, you know, I, I've had uh, people tell me that they talk to their boss and say, you know, we're doing um uh, doing a lot. I, I love working here. I love working for you. I'd be able to do it better and do more for you. If you could tell me when I especially did something well, because then I'll know what to do more of. And then, you know, yeah, yeah, I could do that or, or boss that. And he started doing that. And sure enough, her performance uh, rose accordingly. So it's, it's uh, to tell them, you know, we're in it together. You can be the employee that shares this with your, your boss or with the, the team. Say, you know, I, I heard this interview, I read this book, I, 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 it sounded like something that could resonate with us, you know, <laughs> could we try some of these things? And, and uh, that's how you get in the game and, and have a conversation. All, all work, uh, that, that, that same person I mentioned, Ralph Stair, he, he had a quote, he said, basically all we got is conversations. So let's start to impact those conversations. Let's start having different conversations and, and not ones where we're complaining and griping about management and politicking. And, and let's, talk about, let's talk about things that are working and things that we're excited to be a part of and what's, what's in store for us for the future and how much fun we're going to have getting there. That all becomes very contagious. So if you're working in a place where it's, it's very cynical and it's negative and, and everyone's kind of dragging into work and waiting for Friday and, and uh, fortunately the commute isn't too bad, you can shake it up. Anyone could shake it up. I, I've, I've worked with companies that uh, one person, not the CEO, grabbing hold was able to, to change a culture. True story. I was, I was speaking in Seattle to, to uh, 800 people and, and uh, like five weeks later I was, I was back and I'm looking, uh, looking at the crowd and go, this woman, the first row, I goes, you look really familiar. He goes, yeah, yeah, I heard you speak five weeks ago. I wanted to come back and tell you what happened. I'm going, well, what happened? She goes, well, and she described what she did. And, uh, and uh, it was fun because I said, well, what'd you, you know, so I started using the stuff you talked about. I started doing more recognition with my group. And uh, she said, I, I left with seven pages of notes and one intention. 
I said, I'm not going back and asking permission. I'm going back and doing this. <laughs> and, and that's what she did in her work group. I go, what, well, like what? What'd you do? She said, well, we, we um, were in downtown Seattle. We, we did a picnic up on the roof. That was kind of fun to celebrate something. And we did a, we did a barter for a meeting space for the company on the next block that had uh, a limo company that didn't have any meeting space. And, and we let them use our, our meeting space and they give us free limo rides that we give people for different things. And just on and on and on. It just, just went for it. And, and as a result, she said a noticeable difference in her group. Energized, fun, excited, to the point where other managers were saying, Hey, what are you doing over there? Your people are. <laughs> hey, come to the next meeting. We're not trying to hide anything. We're we're, we're making stuff happen. And and uh, literally, this one leader made it happen first in her group, and then in her facility, and then the, the company tapped into it, and she she helped to make it happen uh, across the the country to all her facilities. Eighteen months later, from the first time she heard me speak, they entered the list of best places to work in America, number twenty three, Perkins Coy, a law firm. And it was, it was really through the efforts of one person. So, you know, there's in the, you know, people say, well, you could change a culture. It takes uh, eight years and, and it's got to start at the top and this and that. And yeah, well, it can do that, but you can also have one person could change a culture, one determined, focused person. And I, I have examples. I use examples in my books where that's done from the bottom, from the middle, from, from there's a lot of ways to get there. Right? <laughs> and that's kind of the fun of it too. You can, you can, you can create your own journey to being excellent. Oh, awesome. Thank you. And how about a favorite book? I've been very influenced by, uh, well, some people I've mentioned, Marshall Goldsmith wrote, what got you here won't get you there. Brilliant book. Uh, Ken Blanchard, the one minute manager, Peter Drucker, uh, the concept of the corporation and on and on. Gotcha. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? Well, I've got uh, a website. That's probably a good place to start. www.drbobnelson.com. Go, go figure, right? Uh, D-R-B-O-B-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. And you can find out. I've got a lot of resources and articles posted for free. I've got all my books there at discounted prices. I've got information about all my presentations, consulting, et cetera, et cetera. And my contact information. So you can call me. You can send me an email. I try to help everyone that comes my way. If it's just answering a question or if, or if it's uh, doing something further. Awesome. Thank you. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs? Yeah. I would say, again, as an employee, if you want to be awesome, do some things different. Start, start asking your boss what you can do to help them. I've had, I probably have managed 30, 35 employees in my career. I only remember one doing that. And it was a breath of fresh air to say, and, and something else she was good at too, because I would come in and I'd, I'd be all excited about stuff I need to have done. And, and Katie, can you do this? And, and she would listen and she goes, Bob, I'm delighted to do that. Let me show you what I'm working on now. And you let me know what you prefer to have me do. And then she would... <laughs> And I kind of, you know, okay. And then she'd show me, and every time I'd say, "Oh, I'll keep doing what you're doing. This could wait till the tomorrow or next week," you know, because because she was on it. So that was, um, you know, basically I, I, I'm making the point that whoever your manager is, they're trainable. You could be the person that trains them. So so if it's not working for you, start trying 
to do something different and starting with that, talking to that person and give them some, some input for how they can help you be more effective. And uh, more times than not, uh, I think you, you'll see a positive response to that. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Bob, thank you so much for, for taking this time and, and, and sharing the goods. I hope so that, quick, yeah, that there's lots of engagement <laughs> and, uh, and rewarding uh, going on for, for you and your employees and clients and everybody. Yeah. Well, anytime you want me back, I'd, I'd be glad to, to continue the conversation <laughs> in all its different forms. I was really struck by the survey that Bob did on the study for why managers did not do that recognition stuff in terms of they weren't sure how to do it well, they didn't believe it was that important, they didn't feel they had the time, and those sorts of things. So I just encourage you, if you find yourself not doing the recognition stuff, to sit with that question a little bit and say, why not? And and I think some of those answers kind of sound a little bit like excuses to maybe an emotional thing. I don't know if I'm just projecting all over this, but I guess if, if you're not accustomed to doing it yet, and you imagine yourself doing it, that probably feels kind of weird or touchy-feely, or that's not how I roll, that's not my style, that's not my my leadership approach. And, and so I just encourage you that, yeah, it's going to feel a little weird if you haven't been doing it, but see if you can find a way to do it that seems as, as natural as possible and, and try it out for size, because it, it's huge. Uh, the research backs it up, my own experience, and, and that of many, many employees do as well. So if you want to check out the show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F345. And I hope you'll push subscribe because if you'll do, you will hear a special episode next. It's from perhaps my most overachievingest friend of them all. His name is Muhammad Mekki. We go deep into his brain, see how it thinks a little bit differently from us moderately achieving folk. So I hope to catch you there. Peace. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.